Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, June 15th, 2020. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And writer, why trend Billy. Hey, everyone. So <laughs> the, most of the news since last week has to do with how Hollywood is reacting to the coronavirus and our current uh, timeline in this pandemic. Uh, so I guess let's start first with all the release dates because Warner Brothers kind of shifted a bunch of the release dates on Friday. Ben, what do we know? Yeah, so uh, Tenant, which is the big one, that's the the movie that, you know, fairly or unfairly, probably unfairly, is being uh, sort of billed as like the movie that is supposed to be, you know, potentially saving the entire industry. It was set to come out on July 17th, and now Warner Brothers has kicked it back by a few weeks, and it will open on July 31st instead of this year. So it's only a couple weeks, and it's not, uh, you know, there, there are several other um, movie release dates that we'll talk about in just a minute that are uh, much more, you know, much bigger than this, um, longer delays. But uh, Warner Brothers is actually going to put Inception back in theaters on July 17th when Tenet was supposed to come out to celebrate Inception's 10th anniversary instead. So there's that. And then 
I guess shortly after that, on the same on Friday uh, evening, Warner Brothers announced that uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be moving as well. So that was supposed to be coming out this August, and now it will be in theaters on October 2nd, 2020. So again, you know, we've seen movies like Fast 9 and stuff move like an entire year. Uh, this one is just a few months, so it shouldn't be too bad and, and seems like maybe the right call for... Uh, for especially for Wonder Woman, I think to to move into that fall slot, uh, and then weirdly, like hours later, Warner Brothers announced a slew of other release date changes. I have no idea why they wouldn't just do all of this at one time, but um, they said like the Matrix Four, I think, is probably the the big one. That one was originally going to uh, hit theaters on May twenty first of next year but is, has been moved all the way back to April 1st of 2022. So that's like almost an entire year. That's one of the really, one of the bigger ones that we've seen here recently. Um, Godzilla versus Kong, which was supposed to hit uh, in November of this year, has been bumped back to next summer. So May 21st of 2021. So yeah, Tom and Jerry, uh, Robert Zemeckis' The Witches, and a new line horror movie are also uh, among the movies that have either been... Uh, like taken off the calendar or, or given um, dates and pushback and all that stuff. So Warner Brothers is really like, uh, I guess, taking all of the uh, the new science into um, or you know the latest uh, numbers and everything into consideration and, and bumping things back. But um, uh, HG, I think you have a story about, or you wrote a story about why um, uh, Tenant is still coming out in July, right? Yeah, so um, despite Tenet being sort of billed, as you said, as the savior of the box office and the one movie that will help boost the flagging businesses of uh, theater exhibitors, um, Warner Brothers actually wanted to push uh, Tenet even further. Um, it only, was only delayed two weeks, as you said before, which seemed like a kind of a minuscule type of delay for um, like for the pe- ongoing pandemic. Nothing will be likely change in the two weeks between July 17th and July 31st. But um, according to a new report from Warner Brothers, the studio was actually leaning in favor of further postponement, but um, uh, bowed to Christopher Nolan, who, uh, as a fervent advocate for the moviegoing experience, wanted to maintain that July release date. And uh, Warner Brothers essentially just... um, wanted to keep Nolan happy and uh, because he's a proven box office draw decided to stay with July only to push it to the end of July. Yeah. Uh, and we, we should kind of mention that like, you know, if, if this movie doesn't come out this summer, this uh, Christopher Nolan's movie could mean a make or break of like big theater exhibitors like AMC, like that whole chain could go out of business if there isn't a, you know, blockbuster type release to keep them in business, which is kind of sad. Uh, Disney's Mulan is still scheduled for July 24th, a week before Tenet. So is Mulan now the savior to movie theater owners? That's got to move, right? I remember, uh, (laughs) I think one of the Disney uh, executives was saying that they were glad, they were essentially, they didn't say it in these exact terms, but they were essentially saying that they were glad that Tenet was coming out before them because they were going to use that as like a barometer of success and maybe sort of use that as like a, you know, should we make our decisions based on this kind of thing? And and now that it's moved out and put them at number one, I, I can't imagine that Disney is going to take the risk of putting, you know, especially Disney of all studios. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine that they would 
risk their audience's health and and all that stuff by being the first big movie back. Although, which whatever movie is the first big movie back is probably going to benefit. Um, I just don't know if Disney would be the one to sort of make that risk assessment. You know. Yeah, and we know that Mulan is banking heavily on the Chinese movie market, which still has not yet um, come resurged as a lot of people would hope it would be, and because of just like the the angle that the the movie is taking and the the way that it's appealing to Chinese audiences feels like they would Disney would want to wait by the, for like the global box office to be ready to uh, get back into theaters rather than just US audiences. Yeah, and there's other movies like Bill and Ted Face the Music I think was pushed one week earlier to what is it August 21st. So I guess outside of those two big films are next Oh, I, I guess there's also the SpongeBob movie. let's not forget the spongebob movie august 7th i'm surprised that's not going straight to you know uh, paid vod like all of the other family-friendly movies this summer but uh, i guess there's always the chance that they decide to do that instead but um who knows yeah and also uh, let's not forget the new mutants that's definitely probably 100 percent coming out august 28th 2020 (laughs) it's a movie that exists Another thing that is canceled is Star Wars Celebration. This is the big convention for Star Wars fans. This was supposed to happen in August 2020. Uh, now it's going to happen in 2022. So they've moved it two years. Uh, that that means like D23 will be in 2021. And uh, there's still the plan to do like the Star Wars Celebration every other year, uh, you know, back to back with the D23. Yeah, be- between the years with D23. Uh, and I know there was also supposed to be this event at Disneyland uh, at the same time. There was supposed to be this um, Star Wars After Dark event. And I think Disney just announced that they're going to postpone this this Star Wars After Dark event as well. But we did also get last week get news that Disneyland is reopening. Ben, tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, Disneyland is going to be reopening on July 17th, 2020, which is the day that uh, Tenet was supposed to come out. So this um, that date is actually the 65th anniversary of Disneyland here in, in California. And um, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if this is the best move for Disney, uh, but it's the move that they're making. They're they're taking their shot. They're, they've decided, I mean, they're, they're losing millions of dollars a day with these theme parks being closed. And uh, I think they just announced that Hong Kong Disneyland is going to be reopening soon as well. So, um, yeah, Disneyland, this is one that, that Peter, I know you've had your eye on for a long time is, you know, tracking the release date and hoping, ho- hoping that that's <laughs> going to be opening, opening soon. But um, I, I just, you know, they're, they're going to be doing a, a sort of tiered reopening um, where they're going to open downtown Disney, uh, that, that district outside of the park on July 9th. And then uh, the, Grand Californian Hotel and Spa and Paradise Pier Hotel are going to be opening on the 23rd of July, but July 17th is going to be the opening day for uh, for a reopening day for Disneyland and California Adventure. Yeah, and I think this is a few days, if not a week after uh, Disney World is going to open and they're going to have all the same safety procedures, you know, the temperature checks, the social distancing. Uh, I don't think they have announced uh what the capacity is going to be right for disneyland i don't think so um yeah not not any hard numbers yet i think they've basically just said like you know more information is coming soon kind of thing but um yeah previously i think for 
some of the other parks, it's been what, like in the 20% range somewhere? Yeah, I right think like 25. 25%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And to be honest, like a 25% capacity, like they have these after, after dark events, like what I mentioned, the Star Wars after dark that's getting postponed. And I've gone to a bunch of those. And the appeal of those events is there's so few people in the park that you can basically go from ride to ride and like have like maybe a five minute wait for a ride. Like it's completely open. Uh, So if they're having a similar capacity for Disneyland as they are those after night uh, after dark events that we've had in the past, um, it should leave that both of those parks pretty wide open. Um, But at the same time, Orange County the, the place where Disneyland is uh, just last week said that uh, you can no longer wear masks or you, you no longer have to wear masks. I'm, I'm guessing Disneyland is going to require the masks. Um, but since Disneyland's the people that go to Disneyland, there's mostly locals. That kind of worries me a, a bit. But I, I'm still of the, the mind that I can go to a place like this and stay the F away from people and be fine. <laughs> But I don't know. Maybe that is not safe. Maybe that's not smart. I don't know. I I really think if 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 you are if I'm not in like closed air conditioned like dining room, if I'm eating like you know on a patio, and there's many patios in Disneyland, if I'm you know uh, mostly really honestly, I'm not, like when I go to Disneyland, I don't go for the rides. I go for the atmosphere and. Just like it is like a comforting place for me, like especially walking through like Galaxy's Edge and stuff like that. So it's not that like I'm excited to go on rides. It's just I want to be back in there and uh, escape this world, which is, I don't know. I'm sure there's many people out there listening that are thinking that I'm stupid by for saying that. Uh, but I also think that I, I can, you know, wash my hands and stay the F away from people. And uh, I don't know. Peter, do you know if Disneyland will be providing masks to people who don't have masks? I don't know if they have announced that. I know other theme parks have done that. Like I saw like SeaWorld and Busch Gardens, I think, were doing that. Uh, I've been watching. I, I watch a lot of theme park vloggers. And over in Florida, a lot of stuff has reopened, except for Disney World. Like uh, Universal Studios has reopened. Busch Gardens has reopened. SeaWorld's reopened. And... Um, I think maybe Legoland. I don't know. Um, But watching from afar, it looks like a lot of these places are kind of taking it seriously. And there's a lot of like uh, cast members around the park, like trying to keep everything socially distanced. There's a lot of markers on the ground. So if there's like a, a meet and greet, there's like these markers that kind of keep you far away from the other parties. Uh, I don't know. I'm is it smart to go to a theme park during this pandemic? I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say it is, but I I will say that uh, from the outside looking in, like uh, from people that are far away from this, I think it's it's getting a lot of bad buzz, and people are like, "Why would anybody go to?" But like, if you actually look at the videos and stuff, I I'm actually like, I don't. know. It, it feels pretty safe to me, but. HD, you would never go to a theme park during the pandemic, right? No, I I can't. I have to say I'm one of those people who don't really understand the appeal just because I've never really grown up around a theme park or in close proximity to a theme park as much as you have. I think the closest to me is like Six Flags. 
<laughs> and which I've been to a couple of times on like field trips and stuff, but it's not something that's in, you know, driving distance. So I, I don't really understand it just because it's always hot. You stand in lines a lot. And like, I get the community thing, but just feels like, I don't know. You, I, I don't, I guess I, I, what would be the comparable um, thing oh, yeah. to like that community feeling that you have at a theme park, for example, um, because I feel like I, I don't really get, have a sense of what that feeling is. I don't know. It's hard to describe. I will say that the like that I do not like Six Flags whatsoever. Like yeah. calling that a theme park is very uh, I don't know generous. Like yeah, generous because there's no theme there. There's it's just basically a bunch of roller coasters that maybe have like a name like the Batman or whatever. Um, the thing I like about uh, Disney World is it, it's all about like these immersive environments. So you're escaping reality. I guess much in the same way that we watch movies, but you're, you know, like with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, wandering that world, it feels like you're not, I don't know. I'm also wondering though, is it going to feel different now that everybody's wearing masks? Oh, it has and, to, right? Yeah. And the the, the characters are going to be socially distant. Like I was watching some, some videos from Universal Hall, uh, Universal Orlando this past week. And like, <laughs> they have like meeting greets with like the Simpsons, but they were like, cordoned off in their like uh their camper van so they're like so so you had to take a picture in front of the camper van and they're like wow. inside the camper van and doc brown was on his uh the time traveling train like uh you know probably like 10 feet away from you uh but uh i, I he was it was funny he was like he had like a face shield on and he was making jokes about how uh he made a mistake and came back to 2020 <laughs> yeah uh but yeah anyways so disneyland is, is set to reopen when, when it does i'm probably gonna cover it for ordinary adventures uh because i don't know I'm, I'm i'm excited to go back but i'm also curious to see what it's like because this is like an unprecedented thing in i mean in this world in general but also in theme parks like D- disneyland has never closed down for more than a day i think since it opened um and uh this is gonna it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be interesting and it's also gonna be it's gonna be crazy to to try to get a reservation because they've announced that they're gonna do reservations for this so it's like you know everybody's local uh not everybody's gonna get in so it'll also be interesting to see you know how many people want to go to disneyland uh during the middle of a pandemic but uh anyways okay okay let's let's move on to some i guess some positive movie news and that is they are making a paddington three yeah, HD, tell us speak, about it. Uh, well, speaking of a much-needed escape, it feels like in these unprecedented times, there's no franchise uh, that would be more of a blessing to us than the Paddington movies. Um, and Paul King, the writer-director of the first two Paddington movies, are kind of what helped elevate these movies from being just pretty generic family fair and being this really stylish, fun, and heartwarming series. Um, and Paddington 3 has been kind of in question ever since Paddington 2 became uh, one of the uh, most acclaimed films of the past couple of years. And, um, but uh, Paul King has recently said, uh, he told Empire Magazine that he will not be returning to direct Paddington 3. He said that the movies have been one of the great treats of his life, but he wants to hand the Paddington 
three directing duties to someone else. He does not say who else would take the directing reins, um, but he is just busy with other projects and he does not want to take on Paddington 3 at this moment. But it seems like Paddington 3 is in the works um, and in development. A script has apparently been written for Paddington 3, but um, we don't know yet who would be the new director, uh, aside from Paul King, and um, what, uh, if that script will uh, stay the same after that new director comes aboard. Yeah. Uh, Paul King is kind of the heart of this series. Like I, I know Paddington one and two are beloved by everybody. And uh, I, I'm, I, I guess I'm excited that Paddington three is coming, but like, I'm not as excited because Paul King isn't going to be behind that camera. So I guess, I guess my question to you guys, like who could replace Paul King as a director of the Paddington series? Uh, the only th- one I can think of, because um, the pad- first two Paddington movies have such a, a Wes Anderson uh, type of style, Wes Anderson yeah. could step aboard and I think kind of maintain that same whimsy. Um, and I, I think that, you know, he's done children's movies before uh, with Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I think that he could do, he could work wonders with the Paddington 3. Yeah. I can't think of any other names though. Other that is a good pick. Uh, maybe Taika Waititi. <laughs> would you be, be interested? Fun. Yeah, would he be interested in doing a children's movie? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird to jump in to a third movie in a franchise. I'm trying to think of like other people who sort of have that under their belt as well, like being being able to step in and like recreate a a distinct um, feel for a series of movies and. I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank right now. I don't know if there would be anybody aside from the people that AC mentioned. The one hmm. person I would not want on board of this, Kenneth Branagh. Get him, stay away. <laughs> stay away from him. Yeah, the, the other thing is, like, who wants to come on to this? Because it's, like, too, not only acclaimed by critics, but loved by fans. Like, who's going to want to step in? I, I guess... I guess it's happened before. I guess Jurassic Park 3 was directed by Jim Johnston. <laughs> that turned out well. Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like, Has that happened before where the first two films were so highly acclaimed and then the third film? I don't know. Mm. I, I guess maybe the Alien every... movies? Oh, you could do the Star Wars movies, uh, for example. Yeah. Well, they changed it with Empire, though. Oh, that's true. So it's not the Yeah. Show. Maybe Terminator. Terminator is a good example of this, right? The first the two were highly maybe loved. a bad yeah. example. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I don't think there's an example where a person came in for the third after two beloved first films and knocked it home. I'm sure people are yelling at their. You could argue that the, the Harry Potter movies did this because the first two oh, were directed yeah, by Chris Columbus. Go. They weren't as acclaimed, um, but then yeah. Alfonso Cuarón came in and directed the best Harry Potter movie. That's a great pick. Yeah, good call. But yeah. I would say those first two films were not. Were, were they critically loved? Not really. They were kind of like, oh, this is good. This is yeah. solid stuff. <laughs> it's solid okay. Yeah. It, it's fun. Um, okay. I guess that brings us to the end of today's Slash on Daily. So we have a, uh, a short episode today because not much has happened since the last time we talked to you guys. Uh, but if you want to read any of these stories, you can go to the show notes or Slash on.com. This podcast is published every or not every weekday it's published three times a week now on itunes google overcast spotify all the popular podcast apps you can follow you can leave us your feedback questions comments concerns to us at peter at slash one.com 
And please head over to our iTunes page, leave us a review, tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you on Wednesday.